Hello. Hey there. Hey, hey, That was hey. a weird way of saying that. Bad um, <laughs> Okay. Well. Oh, hello. Um, I hope you're having a good day. Aren't you supposed to say you're Lindsay? You're so rusty. I'm Lindsay. I'm Brianna. And this is Gone, Gone with, with the, the Windies. I hope you're having a good day, whatever day you're listening to this. Me um, too. Yeah. So, quick little recap before I do this episode. Before I do this episode. So, it's my podcast now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we recorded all of our Ratatouille content in one 50-minute episode, and then the audio halfway through got messed up. So, we recorded the first part of this episode, and it was posted two weeks ago. So, if you haven't heard that, go ahead and pause this video and go listen to that first, because... That is going to give you some necessary background knowledge before we jump in because we're going to start this episode like right just talking about Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Starting this episode oh right talking about Ratatouille. Wait, why? Ratatou- you- I said Ratatouille. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> I did. It's okay. No one, know- no one knows. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. So go ahead and listen to that episode if you haven't already. And so that's why it's going to feel like we're literally jumping right in. And we're going to try and talk about everything that we had talked about in that second half of that episode. But if we miss anything or repeat something that we said in the first episode, just let it happen. We're human. We're not perfect. Um, yeah, sorry about we're it. We're just going to we're gonna do our best with what we've got. And that's I'm all we can do. And we really wanted to give perfect you... Perfect person. <laughs> We really wanted to give you like all of the Ratatouille content, so that's why we're recording this part two episode, and so if it doesn't super flow, you know, we're doing our best, and that's all we can do. And it's, life is crazy, so that's all I'll say about that. It sure is, Lindsay. Life sure is crazy, huh? Huh. All right. Well, that being said, I think we should just start talking about Ratatouille and maybe we'll do some like more catch up style episode next week or something. Sure. We're thinking about that. Yeah. Um, Because there's a lot to catch up on. But at the same time, there's a lot of Ratatouille to talk about. So we're going to start right where we left off about Linguini and his daddy issues. Mm -hmm. So our main character, Linguini, his dad is Gusto. I think I started talking about this in the other episode. But so his dad is Gusto, but he didn't know that his father was Gusto, which means he grew up with a single mom, which is totally fine. That's obviously fine. However, it does lead us to believe that he has daddy issues okay, because here's my, of his lack. Can I ask a question? Yeah. What exactly do you mean by that daddy issues? Can you define that? I mean, Linguini is the way that he is. Because of his father. I I don't think that's very specific. I don't... I can't get behind this theory unless you have more meat to it, you know? Do you even well, know what you're saying? The concept of daddy issues is some type of issue related to your father figure leads to some type of issue in your normal life. So the fact that he can't hold a job and is very clumsy and klutzy and like can't, he seems very scatterbrained, like he doesn't really have his life together. And all of this could be due to his lack of a father figure 
and subsequent father issues, daddy oh, issues. Okay, okay. As they're as they're called. Okay. He just seems to have a lot of issues. I feel like when he <laughs> enters the movie, it's not like, oh, I don't look at him and I'm like, put together, dude knows what he's doing. Right. I'm like, oh, klutzy, shouldn't work in a restaurant. On the first day he spills a soup. That's the whole plot line of the movie. True. So I I think there's a lot of character growth in that regard. And thanks to Colette, which we're going to talk about, he really, like, shines in the kitchen and also Remy, mostly Remy, but partly Colette, and really blossoms into, like, his full self. And I feel like finds his identity in that, which mm-hmm. is kind of messed up because it's not really his identity, it's Remy's identity, but that's yeah. a whole other issue that maybe we'll tackle someday. Probably not. Well, anyway, I think it's... Yes. Yeah. I think part of it could just be that someone finally expected something great of him. Like, that was something that he said. No one's ever expected anything from me before. So, I think... I don't know. And also, to some extent, like, knowing who his dad was when he found out, just having that sort of, like, wrapped up, even though he was dead. But just to know, I feel like, I don't know, might provide some sort of closure. Not yeah. that that solved maybe, everything, but, you know. No. And, that I mean, if that's, like, a missing piece in your life, you don't know who your dad is. Like, I know that's, like, a big struggle a lot of people face. And so mm-hmm. finding that out finally gave him maybe almost a purpose in, like, what he was doing. True. And gave him almost hope, maybe, because he didn't seem like he believed in himself. Like, because he couldn't hold a job. He couldn't do all these things. And then he was like, oh, my dad's Gusto. Like, he did something great. Maybe I can also do something great. Hmm. not because of who his dad was, but I feel like it almost gave him, like, something to look up to that was realistic almost. Like, I don't think he felt that he could succeed beforehand. Yeah. I'm thinking especially of this scene when Remy comes back and they're, like, all the other chefs leave and they're cooking that meal for all those people that are sitting out there. And he Mm -hmm. just, like, he really took control of that situation. Yeah. And the way he waited, like, he really just embraced what he could do to help. Um, yeah. Which was just be, like, a badass waiter. And, so yeah. and like, champion Remy. I feel like that was the first time he really was like, yo, Remy, like, this is all you, genuinely. Mm-hmm. I'm not a part of this at all. Yeah, I think that scene is definitely a turning point. So for anyone who hasn't seen the movie or maybe doesn't remember... Towards the end of the movie, he finally tells everyone that works in the kitchen, he's like, by the way, it's not me. It's this little rat dude that's cooking all the food. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm quitting. And they all leave, including Colette. And so it's literally just him. He turns around. He looks at Remy and he's like, cool. I thought being honest would help. And they all left. And so then Remy's like, okay, what are we going to do? We still have a restaurant. Ego, that critic, was out there. And... So they, like, kind of figure out, they're, like, he's Remy's, like, all right, we're doing it. And so Remy gets his family to help and whatever. So it's literally just a kitchen full of rats, which is kind of concerning, but it is what it is. <laughs> and then, yeah, so Linguini at that point was, like, okay, I'm not the chef. I'm not, like, pretending to be anything I'm not. He's, like, I'm just going to run the restaurant. I'm going to be a waiter, whatever, and get done what has to get done. And he's, like, all right, Remy, like, you're the kitchen dude. Like, it's no longer me. Like, it's, you're not hiding behind me anymore. Like, do your thing and do it right however you need to do it. And... Yeah, I agree. I think that was a turning point. He finally was like, okay. He, like, relinquished control, but in a way that kind of gave him control. Yeah. Whoa. And then Colette comes back. Eep! Okay, but so <laughs> can we just talk about Anton Ego? Yeah, for sure. Because this, arguably, factually, in my opinion, the best character growth in the movie 
we have a lot of character growth in this movie, I will be honest. I would argue almost every character grows in some way, shape, or form. Um, Anton Ego, start of the movie is his monologue about how everyone sucks or whatever. He was the critic that killed Gusto, basically. And made him lose a star and so you start off the movie you're like ah ego sucks like he's this negative critic whatever and then it kind of comes full circle towards the end of the movie where ego's coming to eat at the restaurant he's like oh people are talking about this restaurant like i wrote it off the map so like why do people care and so his ego was getting (laughs) the best of him he went to the restaurant to eat remy decided to make him ratatouille (laughs) it sounded like you said to eat remy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> Remy decided to make him ratatouille because he said, I'll have whatever the chef dares, dares to, to serve, serve me. Love that. Anyway, so Remy makes ratatouille and Colette, who's a chef who knows what she's doing, she's like, uh, stupid, ratatouille's a peasant dish. Actually, she says, <laughs> it is a peasant dish. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I want to make this. And so it's like, you know, the play on rat and ratatouille. Mm-hmm. Do you remember his anyway. little nod? Just like. Yes, his well, not in the like, Yes, this is what I'm making, and Love she's it. like, "Okay, I trust you, whatever." And he makes it like basically makes it gourmet. Like I don't know how he managed that, but he makes it gourmet. Anton Ego gets the plate and looks at it, and he like scoffs. He's like, "Oh, cool, they're serving me ratatouille." Takes a bite, and his pen drops to the ground. He drops his pen. He's so Momo. enthralled by this food, and it like brings him back. It like does like a that so Raven style. <laughs> zoom shot into his eyes and it's like this memory of his childhood and his mom would make him ratatouille and then he was like oh my goodness i love this and he like kind of like remembers i feel like almost remembers why he loves food because it makes you feel things it's not just like oh this dish is yummy it's like it brought him back to that moment where it's like his innocence of his childhood and whatever gobbles it up is so excited and basically turns around his entire career based on this one dish so shout out remy then he's, like, happy. He ends up investing in Remy's, like, little rat restaurant and whatever. <laughs> and so that's super exciting. But basically, character growth there, truly phenomenal. It cannot be spoken about enough, in my opinion. I mm. cannot get enough of it. I love Anton Ego. <sighs> I love how instantaneous it is, too. Yeah. Because it's, like, literally, he eats that dish. He's, like, I have to meet the chef. He meets Remy. You're kind of... The audience is left a little, like uncertain of what's going to happen because he's completely speechless and i think he like oh thank you for the meal he says and then he (laughs) leaves and then the next day is when the like critique is that what it's called (laughs) whatever um his article comes out and it's just like a rave review but it's it's the most important monologue of the whole film basically and just ties everything together the theme of like anyone can cook and anyone can be great and I don't know. So you're like really not sure what to expect at that point before yeah. he gives that monologue. And then you're like, oh my gosh, it's just, it's really stunning. Yeah. It's just so unexpected. I feel like for this dude, cause he's always like so negative about everything. And then all of a sudden he has this dish, literally a peasant dish. And he's like, I, I finally understand what Gusto meant. Like I had an extraordinary meal from an extremely unexpected chef or something like that and he says I understand what Gusto meant now Mm. he didn't mean that anyone can become a great chef but he meant that greatness can come from anyone and Mm. so it's just like the idea that 
literally anyone can be incredible, even if you're a little tiny rat, you know, like even if you feel small and you feel like unseen or unwanted, like people, the people in the movie all hated the rats. They panicked when they saw the rats. But it's like he was like, no, like I respect it, dude. He's like, you can be a rat and then you can cook. So like that's respectable. Anyway, <laughs> you, I just love it. I love You can be Antonio. a rat and you can cook. You are allowed. <laughs> yeah. I love anyway, it. This movie uh, was really fighting for rat rights. It truly was, yeah. Okay, let's talk about the the good scenes in the movie. So there's some really, really memorable scenes. The one that I just talked about with, like, the monologue, I think that is probably my favorite when he's just, like, going through that whole, the article that he wrote about it. It's just, like, crazy. And it it's, like, a montage. Every time. It's, like, a montage of him staring out yeah. the window and, like, pondering and I think there's also Remy and he Remy's just like basking in the glory of that night and walking around Paris <laughs> and who yeah does it show like pretty much every character that night I don't remember I don't remember either Whoops. but but yeah that's a solid that's a solid scene what about you what are some of your favorite scenes oh hands down my favorite scene is when Linguini is super hungover in the kitchen and he's like basically uh-huh. passed out and Remy gets under his hat and tries to make him seem like he's awake and he's talking to Colette mm-hmm. and Colette <laughs> is really pissed at him because he's being a jerk even though he's asleep and doesn't realize what he's doing. I just love that. Yeah, I love that's that a good so one. Much. The sunglasses, the look he gives, it kills me every time. I think it's so funny. Yeah. What about you? Um... I was just going to say, like, the kissing scene connection, how Remy was, like, learning about humans and, like, really paying attention and being observant. So there's one scene where Linguini is, like, super into Colette and he's, like, wants to be honest with her. Like, you can tell he's, like, I didn't make this soup. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And she's, like, you're being psychotic. And he's, like, no, it's not me. Like, and he's just wanting – he just wants to be honest. But he's, like, he knows the consequences of, like, if he's honest. And so he's, like, debating telling her. And he's, like, I don't know what to do. Like – and so he goes to take off his hat to show her, like, Remy underneath his friggin' hat. And (laughs) Remy is, like, oh, my gosh. He's, like, you can't do this. He's, like, if she finds out, it's all over for me, basically. He knows that it's the end. And so he takes a note from what he saw earlier in the movie and he pulls Linguini's hair and makes him go and kiss her because they were arguing. And so earlier in the movie, when he was, like, running through the walls of the apartment building in Paris when he didn't know where he was... He looked down and saw a couple, like, arguing and, like, fighting, kind of like Colette and Linguini were. And then the guy shoots the gun into the ceiling. And he's like, oh, my gosh, what? So he, like, goes back and looks. And then they, like, start kissing because they were, like, angry, whatever. And then they started making out. And so Linguini, not Linguini, Remy, like, takes a note of that. And he's like, oh, my gosh, wait. They're, like, fighting and whatever. I can get her to shut up if I just, like, make him kiss her. And so Remy really made Linguini's move for him in that sense. So shout out Remy. He really pushed that relationship forward. They would be nothing without him. But that's a good scene. I think that's so interesting how it was, like, he learned from the humans that he saw in that apartment building. That is cool. I didn't notice that until you explained it to me. Was that something that you noticed yourself? I think so, yeah. Wow. I don't She's remember. So it was from a while ago. Yeah, you know. I wasn't sure if it was from one of the many Ratatouille podcasts we've listened to. Oh, that too. I don't know. Could have been. I don't remember specifically. Mm-hmm. Another one is um this kind of brings up another issue in the in the play, in the movie. An issue about like his inspiration and like where he got his inspiration from and what Remy like wanted 
Because it doesn't seem like Remy cares about the recognition, but then when they're doing a photo shoot, because Linguini's like the best new chef, whatever, Remy gets really mad because Linguini says his inspiration is Colette. And Remy's like, oh, my, your inspiration is not Colette. Like, you don't know what you're talking about, whatever. It's not even you. <laughs> and he gets angry. But I'm just like, my question is like, what did he want him to say? Yeah. Like, did he want him to be like, oh, by the way, it's not actually me. It's this rat. Like, so that confuses me. Mm-hmm. And but my, that was just one of the questions. My theory on that is just that he was jealous because yeah. Linguini was spending all this time with Colette and he they used to be best buds and now suddenly... Yeah. She's like stealing. That's him away also from him. true. Oh, stealing him away from him. 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 Yeah. Remy like really truly drives. I mean, obviously he's like the rat in Ratatouille, but he drives the movie. Like he's the one that finds the will that says that Linguini is his son, and he's mm-hmm. so that's why Linguini gets the restaurant from Chef Skinner. And so it's like okay, so Link Remy really is like putting it all on the line for Linguini and Linguini kind of just is like, screw you, man, even though he's literally nothing without Remy. Yeah. So it's like justice for Remy, you know, I mean, at the end he gets justice, but it's just like, true. That's like an interesting, like conflict man versus man conflict, if you will, Mm -hmm. a man versus rat conflict, if you will, between Linguini and Remy, which is not like, it's almost like unspoken. Like they don't talk about it that much. It's not like the biggest part, but it's like definitely underlying like a lot of the struggles that happen towards like the middle and the end of the movie. Yeah. Once he starts getting closer to Colette and once he gets to the restaurant, especially. The only other stuff I have is about Gusto, who's an incredible character. Mm. Um just very wise and I feel like open to the possibility, you know, like his tagline is literally anyone can cook. And so he's like, yeah, I'm like this incredible chef in Paris. But at the same time, like you don't have to be anything special to be able to do amazing things. And like that is just a super important and cool motto to hold high expectations for people. So we love that. And oh my gosh, another one of my favorite parts of the movie is his little like figment of his imagination. So Remy throughout the movie, occasionally like a little ghost of Gusto will like pop up and like talk to Remy. And there's a few times in the movie where the ghost is literally just like, I don't know, like I'm a figment of your imagination. And I just think it's so funny because it's like Remy is literally creating this character. Like he's, it's how he imagines Gusto to be, even though he didn't really actually know him, but it's just like funny how it's all actually like Remy creating this image like it's literally just how he thinks and how he feels but it's like portrayed through this like gusto ghost it's like his subconscious almost Mm -hmm. but I think those parts are so good and so fun and I love gusto yeah me too I love that he continues to come up because I feel like when it first started it was kind of like oh Remy's been alone for so long and this is what his brain is doing to stay sane but then it just yeah. keeps coming up as like this weird like guide but also sense of morality it's like his spirit guide yeah <laughs> like telling him like right from wrong and like sort uh-huh. of like guiding him like where to go but not telling him explicitly but like it's literally it's like he thinks it's something else but it's really just like inside him yeah it's so weird <laughs> i mean spirit so guide i love it i don't know honestly that's all i have for what we really talked about for like the rest of the episode overall thoughts like overall thoughts on the movie how do you what what do what's your thoughts do you remember the first time you watched it um 
Not a lot. I mean, I remember liking it when we saw it in the theater as children. I think we saw it, like, as a family. And the only significant thing I remember about it is, like, coming home and a bunch of shelves that we had had stuff knocked over so we thought that like mice had been around to knock things over which that was after we got back from seeing ratatouille yeah it was how do you remember that i remember that because i remember us talking about how it was so weird that that would happen after we watched a movie about rats oh that's so funny but also it might not have even been mice but we did have a lot of mice at that time so it's probable (laughs) a lot of mice a lot of mice who knows? We definitely still have mice. I don't remember watching it for the first time, but I've just seen it a lot in the past year because it is my comfort movie. So whenever I'm like <laughs> needing something to like relax, I literally just watch it and it makes me feel so much better. It's like a kid's movie that doesn't feel like a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. I like get Like it's that. not anything like deep that I'm going to be like internally like thinking about and like it's not like, I don't know. I don't know. I think also the soundtrack, the French influences are yes. so fun and like the yes. uh it's an accordion right i don't know i might be wrong but the i don't know oh not that part not that part not that no part. yeah but same vibe yeah sure i guess but yeah yes i agree the soundtrack is marvelous we listened to that a ton over quarantine whenever we would cook we would say, hey, Alexa, play the <laughs> Ratatouille soundtrack. And go, we'd listen to it. <laughs> so your homework for today is to look up the Ratatouille soundtrack and listen to it, especially when you're making dinner or making food or anything. It's incredible. You yeah. might have to skip a couple of the intense songs. That's what we would always do. Yeah. Because Haley didn't like listening to the super intense music. But yeah, like when they're escaping from the house and all that, it's like <laughs> super like loud and crazy. But I love yes, it. you should listen to it because it's incredible. He was my top, my fourth top artist this year. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> Literally just from the Ratatouille soundtrack. Oh. Love that for me. Um, crazy. But yeah. Overall, amazing movie. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I think just because I love food and I love, I don't know, I think mostly just food, but. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember the Ratatouille DS game that you had? Or was it Game Boy? I think it was Game Boy and I don't really remember it. Yeah. I feel like it wasn't that fun, to be honest. Probably not. I mean, if we don't remember it very well, we didn't play it much. Or we got stuck somewhere and then gave up. That's also possible. (laughs) (laughs) That is also possible. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I don't really have anything else about Ratatouille, personally. (laughs) I feel like we've covered all the bases. Yeah, I feel like we have. Also, this is, like, just how much time there would have been left in the last podcast because we got through, like, 30 minutes. Yeah, it's about the length as the other one. So I think we're – it'll just be, like, a slightly shorter episode this week. But then we'll catch up next week and we'll have some more more discussion about our lives and whatever, you know, anything interesting that we come up with. True. So – Next week will be more of like a catch up talking, just conversational vibe. I did want to say it was really interesting listening to 
the podcast uh, that Brianna and Bonnie recorded that I wasn't in because <laughs> I'll, I'll like listen to them before they go up. So like we'll record it and then Brianna and I will edit it and then I'll listen to it again fully through before it gets uploaded. But that's so different when you know what you talked about and like you know what's coming next, but it's so fun to listen to it and like not know what's happening. I like felt like I was like actually a listener of the podcast and I was like, this is so much fun and it's so exciting. And I was like, wow, I kind of like, I kind of get it because I didn't ever get why people would listen to our podcast because it feels like nonsense because it is nonsense. Yeah. But then I listened to it. I'm like, okay, it's kind of interesting, especially if you know us, just like listening to us have a conversation, like listening to you and Bonnie was just so interesting and like hearing her perspectives on trash. So a little (laughs) side note, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to that episode, you should go listen to it because it was super interesting and super fun to just hear about our different perspectives on things. So yeah, I had, I really enjoyed it. I listened to it while I was on my walk. (laughs) Nice. Lindsay, what do you think about the Mandela effect? I thought you were going to mention me in that episode because I thought I was the one that persuaded you that it like is just like like logic. Like it makes sense that a bunch of five-year-olds wouldn't know how to spell Berenstain because why would we know how to spell Berenstain? Why would we pay attention to that? It probably follows the rules <laughs> of language that stain would be like in a name that it would like spell like E. So that's what we just assume. And then yeah. we're like, oh, my God, no, I swear. And it's like you were five years old. You were not paying attention to the word Berenstain and how it was spelled. Yeah. So that's the one that gets me. And it's just it's just so funny. I'm like, I, I don't think it's like an impossible thing. Like, I'm not saying that I don't believe there are like parallel universes and all of that, but I don't. I think that the Mandela effects that people quote can be easily explained by a lack of paying attention. And then if you really look at it with common sense, it's like, okay, it makes sense that a bunch of children are not focused on the spelling of the word Berenstain. Yeah. So that's my two cents on it. I thought it was really funny listening to that because I thought you were going to say something about it. And then I was like, oh, cool. We had the exact same opinion because we probably talked about it before. (laughs) Well, I definitely used to believe in it. And then like I watched the Doggy, yeah, no, because I was like, oh no, uh, like I really could not believe that I would remember it wrong. But then I watched um, that documentary series I mentioned, and watching the Mandela Effect conference, I was just like, okay, no, these people are fully insane. They're literally driving themselves insane, trying to convince themselves that this is real, and they didn't just forget something. So. Mm -hmm. yeah I mean honestly like it follows human patterns like you're trying to explain something like you don't want to be wrong Mm -hmm. so you're going to explain it with like this crazy theory of like all of this like oh there's a glitch in the matrix like but it's like no you simply have forgotten that but okay like explain Mm -hmm. it I mean if it floats your boat like that's all up to you like go for it but we should do an episode on conspiracy theories (gasps) can we please that'd be so how funny funny would that be like what we think about them yeah Uh okay We'll make a list of conspiracy theories and maybe do some research because that would be so much fun. So if you have any conspiracy theories you want to hear us talk about, please send them our way. We'd be more than happy to. But yeah. All right. I think that's all for this week. Um... I hope you enjoyed both of our Ratatouille podcast episodes. I'm sorry it was in two parts, but also, you know, more bang for your buck. You got to wait a little bit more. We gave you an introduction and now you get the full, full send rest of the podcast. So also, I feel like our thoughts were a little more coherent in this one to be honest yeah. so i'm kind of grateful yeah <laughs> we kind of had like a path to follow and we could like connect more dots while we were doing it <laughs> yeah very solid okay. well we'll see you next week potentially talking about conspiracy theories who knows we'll we'll see but for now you should follow us on instagram at gone with the windies because we post a childhood picture every single week of what the <laughs> episode is about so you can stay up to date on that 
and give us a review and a rating on the Apple Podcast app. Thank you to everyone who has done that so far. It's very, very sweet. We love reading your reviews. And we hope you are happily gone, gone with, with the Wendy's. Wendy's.